and reaction to the ailing Socceroos in Australian football. This is 442FM. Thank you, Jacko, and welcome to 442 Magazine's HQ here in North Sydney. My name is Aidan Ormond, the editor of 442 Australia Magazine, and joining me today for show number... Three. Three. Three of the new season. Uh, online editor Kevin Ayres. It's a bit hot and sweaty today, isn't it? It is. A very hot and sweaty day and a very, very busy news day as well. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, in this first section of 442 FM's podcast, we're going to talk about the last round of the A-League. Um, and I thought it was an absolutely brilliant round, starting on Friday night in Adelaide with... Uh, Adelaide and Melbourne victory. At times it looked like I was watching a La Liga game. Kev. It was pretty spectacular. It, it we, was. We and talked about it as being an old firm derby, but it was an El Clasico. Uh, I think that was a, a much more realistic term for it. Fantastic, apart from the referee. Yeah, um, the referee basically got it wrong for the penalty. He got it wrong for the victory goal. And really, at the end of the day, victory should have won this game, even though they were outplayed in the first half. By quite a margin. They missed a sitter. Um, there was a goal that went against him that was what that was a goal, but it wasn't allowed. Um, Archie had a great chance in the first half and in the second half. I think that was when uh, he passed it to Connor Payne in the first half, but he missed a golden opportunity in the second half. I thought Victor were outstanding throughout the game and were lo- unlucky to be down at half time. Yeah, I have to say, you know, to be honest, uh, although Adelaide were ahead in goals at half time. You know, victory still had the the better run of play, to be honest. Um, Adelaide still looking the goods, though. I think, to mm. be honest, you know. Uh, but I think it's a sign of something we're going to come back to during the course of the rest of the review. How even how tight is it that you know draws are now almost the norm? Uh, clean sheets, more clean sheets now than I can remember already. We're only mm. after the second round. Uh, it just seems to be so tight the margins are so slim with just a few exceptions mm. uh, which we'll come to no doubt um, mm. but yeah I thought it was a fantastic game and I, I really enjoyed it I'm looking forward to the rest of the season uh, it looked at one stage that it was going to be the fair uh, Ange was saying his farewells to the crowd uh, but uh, we'll come back to it again mm. later on but it does appear uh, Melbourne Victory has assured us that he'll be there next Friday but that will be his. Uh, that will be his swan song for the victory this time. Just going back to the game, though, um, Kev. I think it was just fascinating to see a typical Ange performance where the team never give up. They keep going, and sure enough, they got reward in the end. And they really should have won it in the end, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So enjoyable to watch this game, and such a fantastic environment to play football on that pitch, that stadium, and it's live on free to wear on SBS too. So it was a wonderful way to start the round, Kev. Um, four goals, and 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 just. Aside, again, aside from the refereeing, and that's probably something that we'll come to maybe in another podcast, the quality of the refereeing compared to the quality of the games. I think there's definitely been in the last few seasons that that kind of balance is not right. And look, nobody's perfect. Uh, and I know that people make mistakes, but it, it's very serious when things like that happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Particularly know. the penalty, which was clearly not a penalty. Yeah, I think... You just always have to hesitate. You have to know that you've seen something wrong before you blow the whistle. Not guess. That's that's just my bugbear. The, the people are out there and they're guessing what, about what they've seen. They think they've seen something else. Uh, that, you know, replay show hasn't happened. Mm. So they, they've just assumed. Mm. Um, I had however, a, vic- a victory it, fan was, was telling me that he was right in the actual view of, of the hand that was coming out to take the ball from Co to the player. Mm. And he was applauding what a great save it was. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was when fantastic, it a fearless uh, goalkeeping. You know, it's the sort of thing we should be rewarding. Mm. Uh, and said it's a penalty. Mm. And Co was technically quite lucky to still be in the pitch, mm. I think, more than anything. If, if the referee was going to give a penalty... It probably should have been a red card as well in that case because it was a professional foul. Look, I was only a junior referee, so I can't talk about senior football. But um, mistakes uh, are crucial in this in this in this game, particularly as you say, it's such a tight season, hmm. and These things, things like that break. Will, will you know reflect at the end of the season. I think but Def- definitely. I mean, I think there's two or three sides that probably aren't going to be in tight contention for the finals, but I think the top seven. 
maybe the the one team might be a runaway leader by the end of it, mm. but I think the other six there could be a handful of points between mm. them, and these kind of decisions mm. they're going to be crucial. Mm. You know, it, it could actually make or break management managers' careers mm. quite literally. But look, it, it was a fantastic way to start the round, Kev. That yep. two-two draw in Adelaide. Uh, I think it was their biggest home crowd as well. So uh, again, just another record that falls in the A League this season. Um, just moving on to Saturday's games, um, starting in, I think we started in Melbourne, did we not? Um, yes, we did. We had uh, Melbourne Hearts versus the Mariners, mm-hmm. uh, and Hearts defying expectations, to be honest. I thought uh, they're, they're proving incredibly hard to break down. They're not going to be anybody's easy beats. Uh, I mean, we, we saw flashes of that last season, uh, but this season, again, it, it was like the first game last season where it was the, the Melbourne Derby and Hart were incredibly well drilled. You know, they, they knew the places and it, it faded immediately for the rest of the season uh, from that point onwards. This season, however, um, I'm hoping that uh, they're going to keep this up. They're going to be incredibly hard to break down. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a tough battle for anyone to get a marriage taking uh, points from and them. They- the great thing about Hart is that they still have Mishsud to come back, who's yep. uh, now made his 100th appearance for Malta, which is a fantastic achievement. Yep. Um, and I think he will add that that cutting edge that they probably lacked in the last couple of rounds, although Williams was outstanding, I think, against uh, Central Coast. I think there's a lot of people doubted that he'd be able to move into that number 10 position uh, and fill the, the role of Har- what Harry Kuehl was respect- expected to perform for them. Um, but he was sensational. You know, he was—he uh, more than performed adequately. Uh, kept his head, was uh, incisive, and uh, I see people already tipping him as a potential soccerer under Postecoglou uh, because he's one of Postecoglou's favourites, apparently. Well, look, I mean, uh, we saw the Ruse as well, didn't we, David yeah. Williams? And, and look, I was done at heart training last week. Actually, a week today I was done at heart training watching them. It's very intense training. We've been together to Melbourne to watch them earlier in the pre-season. I was too busy shivering to actually That's focus right. on anything. Yes, I think it was 8 degrees at 11 o'clock in the yeah. morning. Um, but uh, Thank God for autofocus because there was no way I was going to be able to use the shutter myself. <laughs> that was for a Harry Kulfish that we ran in the A-League issue, Kev. But um, yeah, it's good to see that they're that they're developing and I've, I have picked them for the six uh, this was some time ago of course but um, it's it's just important that Hart do well this season yeah I mean um, uh, on and off the pitch I've been a big critic of Hart but simply because they've not had success and they don't seem to have any character or personality that is individual to them and they're never going to grow unless they do uh, everybody wants Hart to succeed except victory fans um, but it is important for the A-League, it's important for football, um, but uh, they need to get results and they need, they need to come up with some character. They need to have an identifying feature that is mm. unique to them. So far, mm. not quite there yet, but uh, gritty performances like that can only help, certainly. Meanwhile, the Mariners, uh, I don't think they're quite hitting their stride yet. Um, and that's a scary thought. I know, yeah. I think uh, we've still to see the best of them, without a doubt. I'm going to say the same about the Wanderers later mm. on. Um, but what, what impressed me about uh, the Mariners is that their key signing has been key in both games. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, he is—he's—he uh, was superb when he was at Adelaide. Had an ordinary season with victory, didn't do much overseas, and I think this is a big test for him. To be honest, he has to—he has to perform here just to prove that uh, it wasn't just a flash in the pan. Uh, and I think he's more than capable of doing it. I mean, the goal, both goals came from penalties. Um, some may even have d- doubted whether or not they were penalties. Uh, the handball one, I would quite happily have seen not give, given as a penalty. Um, but, uh, you know, it, he's still key. He was still forcing the issue. Uh, he was, uh, the, the whole team was forcing the issue to, to create these penalty opportunities. So although it's a weak way to get a draw in some respects, uh, they... It, you don't end up with the ball in the box causing havoc unless you're putting pressure on the opposition. Mm. And like I say, I still think, uh, you know, if Central Coast Mariners are having to get two goals from penalties, we've definitely not seen the best of them yet. Absolutely. And Flores taking the penalties, cool as a cucumber each time. Yeah. Um, so good signs for the reigning champions. I think so, definitely. Definitely. Um, uh, then after that, it was the Roar Sydney match, which uh, I missed because I was at dinner. Mm. Tell me about it. 
Well, I wasn't there personally, but uh, watching the game, look, I, th- I think the first, uh, up until the first goal, I thought Sydney were, were very, very good um, defensively. Certainly, they, uh, they were organised, they played a 4-5-1, um, and really, Brisbane didn't have a lot to counter what Sydney had. They were very well organised uh, defensively, and in transition, they were getting forward with guys like Garcia and Kianese linking up with ADP. Um, it all seemed to be looking fine. They were they were saying to Brisbane, "Look, you you come at us, and we'll we'll do what we do, and we'll hit you on the counter." They then uh, then there was a couple of injuries to the game, but that really had nothing to do with what happened after that because uh, a stupid foul on Broich, um, just just a needless foul on Broich, um, and the free kick just was not dealt with, and Matt Smith comes right through the middle of the defence and heads home. Very poor defending, and then even more poor defending minutes later when they just switched off from a corner. Mo didn't hear the call from behind him, and five defenders and one player, and somehow Brisbane score from that. It was 2-0. They were looking in disarray. Jade Northern, an absolutely brilliant goal street, uh, just basically worked through the centre of the defence and just curled it past the keeper. And really, from that point on, the game was lost. Uh, the second half was... Uh, you know, marginally better for Sydney, but really they never were, were really in it by half time. Of course, they lost ADP as well. Yeah. Um, and Broich with a lovely finish. And Franich, you know, I think we've spoken about Franich before. There's a soccer in number two just waiting to be picked. Yeah, well, I mean, he's moved up field more this season than we've seen him in the past. Mm. Uh, and he's just running right. And he's uh, so fit. Yeah. Fit. He can I mean, he, he's not a particularly young man, is he? I think he's. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's about twenty-four, twenty-five. He's not is certainly one of the oh, not, not right. one of the okay. younger players. Yeah. I, I think he's about. I thought he was. 25. I thought he was older than that, to be honest. Well, he's not thirty-five. <laughs> no, um, no, no. Although he would have been picked by Hulk if he was thirty. Absolutely, we're going to shoot him. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he's just got so much. I love the way he plays. Yeah. He's got so much. Um, I think it's just the French, that term joie de vivre. He just loves to go forward but can defend well. Yeah. He's playing virtually as a right winger at times, but mm-hmm. um, in the Socceroos under Ange, and we'll get to Ange in a second, I think he, he's likely to play that same similar role, which is virtually a wing back. Yeah. Um, you just you just love that sort of player, and he can get forward and actually cause damage himself. Yeah. And score as well. So uh, he's, he's used as outstanding, and he caused. He was really setting up the fourth goal for for Brisbane. Twenty two thousand were there. Great night for for Brisbane football. Well, um, I mean, it's good signs for Mike Mulvey because there was a, a quite a strong vociferous anti Mulvey faction at one stage. Uh, yeah, but he, that. you know, he's uh, he's proved himself. I was keen for him to get the chance. Uh, he stepped up, and he seems to have embraced. Angie's legacy at Roar uh, and taking it to the next level. That's exactly right. I think what he's done is he hasn't chucked everything out. He's no. basically said, okay, the basics are not right, but I think it was an attitude issue up there. I, th- I think he's fixed that attitude issue. Yeah, I think they needed to be that little bit more direct. I mean, R- Rado kind of gave them too much of a free mm. reign. Uh, I think Andy Jacko pointed out, you know, if, if you allow them to go direct occasionally... Uh, then you know the tendency is that they're just going to hoof it more, much more often when they've got the chance. Mm. Um, Mulvey seems to have that much more under control with them, where you know they play beautifully, but they will still attack the goal mm. uh, aggressively uh, and strike for. And if it's on long, you play it long. Exactly. You don't have yeah. to always play it on yeah. the deck, left and right and forward. It's it's, it's pragmatism uh, over dogma. Absolutely, um, uh, and it's good to see. It's good to see. Uh, when I was at my, I was at uh, dinner, as I say, when this match was going on. I was following it on uh, StatZone uh, and it was nil 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 update update nil nil mm. update then suddenly bang 3-0 uh, and you could tell that uh, Frank Freena was having a bad night yeah I mean the worrying thing for Sydney was it was three mistakes that cost them in I guess it was about five or six minutes and that, at the end of that first half it was just a nightmare into the to the first half and, and it's mistakes that are costing them yeah. um, particularly the second goal I mean it's just switching off from a corner like that and then across it's just floated in I counted five or six Sydney defenders and there was Enrique and another Brisbane Raw player in front of the ball and that was it Mo didn't get the call from Matt Thompson the ball goes over Tomo's head the Brisbane Raw player plays it in and it's just attacking for Enrique and you've got five or six Sydney players standing around going what what happened it's just really disappointing yeah I mean it, 
I was at uh, Sydney Training a week past Monday uh, and actually came away saying, uh, I tweeted saying how much I enjoyed watching Radha's sessions because they are a step above just about every other, in fact, every other A-League training session I've been to. But they are complicated. And what he was trying to do with them in that particular uh, session was rotate the defence, get everybody working in circulation so that when one person moves onto the ball, another person moves in to, to take uh, their space. And it was great on the training field, but you could see the players were struggling with it. And he actually, I think he ended up ending it slightly earlier than intended because the mistakes were getting increasing with regularity mm-hmm. rather than uh, them getting the hang of it. And I think, you know, it's a case for Sydney at the moment where you've got to crack eggs to make the omelette. And they've clearly taken two steps back uh, in many ways, especially in that performance against Brisbane Roar by the sounds of things. But if they can get on top of the, 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 the training that uh, Rudd is trying to implement, the, the philosophy, the circulation, then it would be fantastic. But whether or not these players are up to actually adopting it, a lot of them are mature players that are quite set in the ways. Uh, it may be diff- too difficult for them to uh, to do that. Um, and Sydney's possession in that game was thirty eight point three percent, according to Stats Zone. Thirty eight point three percent. I mean, if you're you're playing a counter game, you're not yeah. going to dominate possession, but that's a long way off. Let me say, Kev, I thought they were very very good up until the first goal. Yeah. Um, uh, it was more a case of okay. We're compact. We know how to defend Brisbane Raw, and you come at us. And really, I, I thought that they handled Brisbane pretty well up until that first goal. But that just uh, switching off yeah. at key moments for those three goals. It was, I think, a Nick Carl error uh, in the midfield that caused the third one for Jado, who took it beautifully. Um, that that is the concerning thing. But the good thing is that they actually looked okay up until that first goal. So there's plenty to work on there. But it's not a lost cause. And I think we'll talk about the derby coming up in the third section of this. Yeah, uh, I mean, talking of uh, plenty to work on, the, the first game on the Sunday was. Uh, um, Jets v Glory, I think, uh, and nil nil, possibly one of the dullest matches of all time. Um, I think that the, the problem there is for Jets, it's hard to see them getting better than they are at the moment. You know, there's a lot of established figures on that side, there's a lot of players that were playing for them last year, the same coach, the same team, and it's not working for them. And you've got to wonder what's going to break, what's going to happen for them uh, to, to really make that incisive change. They've got Bridges still to come back properly. They've got Heskey still to come back. That's certainly going to add spice and attack, but it, it needs more than that, I think, for them. And they're going to have a long season. I said this last week, and I can't see it changing unless something significant changes. And I think GVE's got uh, a lot to prove in the next few weeks, uh, or else he is going to come under pressure. The only thing that's if going not already. Yeah, well, I think the only thing that's going in his favour at the moment is that it would cost too much for him to be paid off. Uh, uh, from what I can gather, Nathan Tinkler's financial situation, they'll be trying to avoid big payoffs. Uh, so he's he's got plenty to work with there. Uh, on the other hand, Perth Glory, yes, still not making that incisive breakthrough for them yet, but you've got to look at that squad and think, well, they are only going to get better. Hmm. Uh, they've got the ingredients there, they've got the new coach, they've got new players, they've got youth, they've got everything on this side. Potentially William Gallus in the next few days. Exactly, so. which we're going to talk about hmm. later too. So that side, you'd think, is only going to get better. I'm still at this stage not convinced they're necessarily finals material. They have to really come up a, a stage. Uh, they have to uh, get it all to coming together a lot better before they're going to be finals material, simply because of the quality of every other team in the competition at the moment. In fairness to both sides on Sunday, it was a three o'clock kickoff on a boiling hot day, uh, and, and as evidenced by some terrible bushfires in that part of uh, New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also affected, I think, to a degree, the Western Sydney Wanderers Wellington game, which I was at, which uh, is really boiling hot at, at kickoff time. Although it did cool down, um, Kev, did you see the game on TV? I saw the game live, 
Um, and again, it's just a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, I've never seen so many, so many people have that jersey on. It is quite extraordinary. <laughs> Nike must be just rubbing their hands with glee at the moment. They must have just been regretting they can't put out a new shirt every year at this uh, stage. Yeah, I, I don't think the locals would cop that quite yet, but... Um, you know, it just it just it just I underlines. Think, I think financially, there would be enough to make it worthwhile. Well, look, if they get if they get the extension to the stadium and they can put another three or four thousand fans in there, then that might be an idea. But look, mm. one one in the end, um, disappointing probably for Wellington. Uh, sorry for for Wanderers. But uh, look, credit uh, where credit's due. I thought Ernie Merrick was was outstanding on the weekend. He pulled off Stein Heshigum's. Um, and he was not happy. No. Let me tell you, I watched him as he came off. Face like thunder. And virtually refused to shake the hand of the coach, which is a very unusual thing. Uh, when you look at it publicly, you think, well, what's going on here if a player can't shake the hand of the coach? But he's a striker taken off after 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and he scored last week, correct me if I'm wrong. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was very disappointed. But the changes worked, especially from halftime onwards. Um, the first 20 or 30 minutes, I thought this is going to be a this is going to be a, a heavy defeat for Wellington. But they got a lot of good players. They're a physical side. There's not a lot of different difference to the way they used to play. But they've got more options going forward now. Carlos, although he doesn't work that hard off the ball, he can he can win you games when need be, and he nearly won them. Oh, he, the game. he is just such a, a wizard. I mean, he really is. He's yeah. a genius. He's we're very lucky to have him in the the league. Uh, I'm glad Phoenix have kept him around. You know, he's, uh, he's Ernie Merrick's Ryan Giggs in many ways. Mm. And speaking of Ryan Giggs, I mean, I thought just on the wing, I just thought Paul, Paul Eiffel came on and really changed the game. Yeah. Um, and Brocky can finish. We know he can finish. They've got a good team spirit. Well, Let's we, not we, forget. We don't know. We've had many years where it was complete mystery. Yeah, I think I think when we saw him at Newcastle, yeah, that was well, that was yeah, a breakthrough for him, and he's continued changed. on. And I think yeah. a lot of Jets fans are still scratching their head at the loss of Jeremy Brocky. But yeah, um, I think a lot of Jets fans are scratching their head over a lot of things. Yeah. to be honest, I just I just want to also add just before the the game was kicked off, um, a, a young girl I think in the crowd got hit by a ball, and Jared Tyson went over to check that she was okay, and went over to Ante Kovic and just mentioned it. And this is five minutes before they went in for the final. Uh, for the final time and then they came out and so Ante Kovic came over to the little girl and gave her some gloves or something like that it was just a lovely <laughs> little thing that no one really saw Yeah. Uh, but it just goes to show you the bond that these players have with their fans but no, that's great. That's a great. terrific uh, way to end the round I thought you know fantastic yeah. crowd again and um, I'd like to see Wanderers impressing me more yeah uh, absolutely but, uh, they need to step it up but I think we'll talk about that Merrick's proved he's nobody's fool and uh, Wiley campaigner I absolutely they're going to be difficult to beat and I think in contention Definitely for a final spot. And let's not forget, a lot of those players had World Cup G- or well, international yeah. duty. Just back um, off the plane. So I, that underlines what a great result it was. And it's good to see some Phoenix fans in the crowd. I saw them in the city before the game. And uh, great to see Phoenix shirts in the city. Uh, one of my favourite clubs. So look, that's the end of part one of uh, today's show. We'll be back in part two to discuss some some of the uh, pressing issues on our website. There you go, 442. FM. My name is Aidan Orman. Joining, joining me is Kevin Ayres, the online editor of 442. Kev, you could say it's a pretty busy day uh, news-wise. It's been busy for the last few days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we, while we're on air recording this, just got an email in from the FFA saying that uh, Frank Lowy and David Gallup will be making a significant announcement at 4pm. I oh, think we might have... A clue about what that is. What do you reckon? Oh, uh, look, I think it could be uh, a new gr- goals of grassroots promotion or something like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, back a short sponsor announcement. Yeah, possibly. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a new referee, perhaps. Could be, could be. Yeah. Or it could be a new soccer coach. Wahey! Wahey! Um, yes, Ange Postacoglu. Yes. At so. last, freed by victory, reluctantly, mm-hmm. eventually. Initially saying they wouldn't stand in his way, then realising, wait a minute, we are going to stand to lose our coach that we've tried so hard to get, uh, and we're paying a fortune for too. Uh, 
put up a good fight to keep him and reportedly I got 50 grand from uh, the FFA to let him go. But having said that, if they're not going to replace him immediately, as it doesn't look like, they're saving 600 grand a year in his contract from what I gather. So, Although that, wouldn't they be upgrading Muskie's contract as a first-team coach? Well, I doubt they'll be paying him 600 grand a year. Yeah. Uh, so my concern obviously is Melbourne victory it's important that they continue to do well and I was really really looking forward to seeing them for the rest of the season under Ange we do get one last chance to see them on Friday night against Brisbane Wall which will be a an unbelievable game I it's think. a great way for them to go out I mean yeah. it's too how too poetic isn't clubs. it yeah, yeah. Uh, they couldn't have picked a better fixture for him to, to do his A-League farewell um, but uh, you know I also think that he has actually left victory. If he had to leave victory, I'd rather be left now that the, than at the end of last season or any time during last mm. season. He has left everything in a very, very good situation. Uh, victory in a very good place for whoever takes over. The philosophy is in place. The players are in place. Um, I mean, let's face it. If you're going to inherit a squad... Uh, that's probably the best squad in the A-League to be taking charge of. And some of those players, and Mitch Nichols was outstanding on Friday night against Adelaide. Uh, Barbarousas was outstanding coming off the bench after a long flight as well. Yeah. Um, and Contreras to come back. So a lot to, to be confident about, but it is a pity that we've lost Ange to the A-League. But now, well, here we are, what, eight months out from the next World Cup? Eight, nine months? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I still have my doubts about this, uh, and especially when I heard that you know his contract's going to be either to the end of the World Cup or to the end of the, the Asian Cup with an ext- a possible extension or an optional extension to 2018. That means he's going to get judged on uh, the World Cup or the Asian Cup, and we're in a period of regeneration. He is playing catch-up. He's doing the job that Holger should have done for the past three years, uh, and he's got eight months to do it in. Uh, the pressure is going to be immense. The football fraternity might know the situation, might understand the situation if things don't necessarily go away in uh, Brazil. But there's going to be so many bandwagoners, there's so many people publicly... Well, that's not going to matter, Kevin. It, what's going to matter is what we think. No, it doesn't. Community. It doesn't, because there's corporate sponsors to take care of. There's, popul- there's the popular perception of what the Socceroos are, the wider community. And that is actually what helps fund the game in this country and if corporate sponsors think they're a bunch of losers with that are going to get humped uh, every time they go out in the field it's not going to help our case and they're going to demand action they're the shareholders demanding action from the board uh, to replace a, a failing CEO if that's the way it works out I hope it doesn't come to that I really do but I know how nasty, cynical, vindictive and venient these, some of these commentators are that aren't in the football fraternity and some within the football fraternity who can take somebody apart quite easily. I guess we'll have to wait till the draw in, on December 7 to get a, a clear idea of what this is going to be like. Let's hope the football gods are smiling on us. Yeah. Ange loves a challenge. Um, Switzerland. Please go to Switzerland. Yeah, let, let's, let's, let's just hope that the football gods smile on us with the draw. Um, I'm just really excited because we're starting a new generation of players and, and the national team uh, history under a, a coach I admire, Absolutely. who I think will do a very good job. And I think when he does finally leave, I, th- I think we will judge him well. But, I mean, that's probably um, going a little too further ahead at this point. But I am excited by this new era. Um, the Holger era, we basically have been drifting for the last two years, possibly longer. Going backwards. I think I think the Asian Cup was probably where we we got to the point as far as we can go with Holger. Yeah. The way he played after that, we've just stagnated. So yeah. you're right. Look, it is a it is difficult for anyone. He wasn't supposed to take over at this point. No. It was supposed to be Holger, and if he had done his job properly we would have had the succession plan in place by the end of this season and it would have been perfect, but unfortunately he didn't do his job right. Yeah. I mean, if Holger getting through to the World Cup and then somebody else coming in would have been fine. That would have been great. But uh, no, I, I don't envy Ange. I think he's a great person for the job. I think he will do a great job ultimately given free reign, but I'm not sure he can do it in eight months. That's a very key word there, free reign. He needs camps. 
Yeah. He needs the players available, and he needs to treat this like a club. Yeah. Uh, because we don't have a lot of time. But you know, if anyone can do it, it's Ange, I think. And I think also he understands the media pretty well. Yeah. And I think his his words in the media, and I'm very interested to know what the press conference will be like. Uh, I think you and I might have to nip on down there because yeah, I need to do a feature on Ange for the magazine. Yeah. So. Um, uh, later today, we would have got some content for this podcast. Unfortunately, it's just the way it's worked out. Um, so yeah, Ange has taken over as Socceroo coach. Um, how I, think, is- I think what we've got to look for is who is he going to bring in? Who's going to lay waste to? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at uh, what he did at Roar, the clear out there, Tiato, Moore, uh, the rest of them, uh, Charlie Miller, he doesn't take prisoners when it comes to he he manages to set his emotional uh, bonds with people to one side and focus on the job in hand so you know I don't think there's anybody that's going to be safe having said that though I do think Tim Cahill will be safe I think so yeah Uh, I think think Bresciano probably too possibly Josh Kennedy Yes, I think there's a very good chance of that too. Um, because think, he, he's the sort of player that Ange doesn't actually normally use, yeah. but he's so different to what he'll have yeah. that he's, and he scores. He yeah. scores goals. He can score goals at World Cups and, and, and crucial games. So I think I think three or four will be kept. Yeah, rest and I think be. Schwartz will be in the, the squad as well, but yeah. I think he'll be on the bench. Yeah, that's And he's not going to like that. Is, it, you know, is there an argument for, for perhaps even saying, well, look, you know, Galekovic and Kovic are, are his sort of age, similar age in terms of 30. No, I, I, I personally, I, I know where you're going with that, but I think Schwarzer has so much experience and is such a good personality True, uh, True. He to is. have in the squad uh, that I think he would impart some great knowledge. You know, goalkeeping coach, uh, mentor role, perhaps, maybe even rather than a squad member. Yeah. Um, how he should be there. Uh, look, so what, what you're saying is either way, Schwartz should be there in some role. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, Lucas Neal, uh, Luke Wilkshire, they seriously got their work cut out to. Uh, what about Holman? Him. Let me ask you about Holman. Your thoughts there? Does he I, fit into this structure? I think he he would be brought into the squad. I think he. I can see him being at training camps. I can see him trying to f- be put through his paces, but he will be required to do more. Uh, Ange won't just settle for him running around like a headless chook causing chaos within the, the defence he will need some more direction mm. than that uh, he will need to, to be more positive and more creative mm. than just running riot two other questions for you Kev Archie Thompson yeah I think he's probably going to be surplus to requirements would it be Archie or Holman do you think I, I, I think Archie is taking up a sp- Archie is a great player who will who can win us matches without a doubt, but his being there is clogging up the progression of new players coming in. I think uh, he's taking up a squad spot. Uh, I think potentially Mitch Nichols could be there as well, so yeah, that could I, take up that spot. If Luke Neil, if uh, Lucas Neil doesn't make it in, who do you fancy for captain? I think it's Milligan. Yeah, me too. I think I think he's ideal age. Yeah. I think he's a certain starter, and uh, he deserves it. I mean, he's a former young Socceroo captain. We forget that. Yeah. 2005 captain, the young Socceroos. Well. I'm pretty sure he's done the Oli Roos as well, so he knows what it means. Uh, did he captain the Oli Or was that Adrian Lear? Well, um, I'm sure someone well, will tell somebody us. Will tell somebody will tell us on Twitter. Tweeters. Yeah. Tweeters. Um, but what I'm saying is I think he's the right person. Yeah. I think he's the right leader. I think he's the right player. I think he has got the captaincy to lose. But I think in that case, we're then looking definitely at losing Jednak and uh, Wilkshire from the squad because I'm not sure they would take him as captain because they want it for themselves so much. I, I, I think Ange wouldn't allow that situation to, to occur. Um, I actually like the idea of Jednak, and I think Lynchy's floated this as well. And I like the idea of Jednak as a centre-half because he's a Premier League player currently. Big and strong. He knows how to tackle. He knows how to defend. And I think he's at 29, him and, say, Reese Williams in the centre of defence, I think that's a strong two. I, Potentially also spur in there if he gets some game time at Wanderers. I would be happy to see how that works in a friendly. Absolutely. No, that, I'm not that's so, as far as I'm, I'm going not, with I'm it. not saying that that is locked in stone. But I'm saying that's, that's a potential. But that's why we have friendlies. Yeah. And, you know, it's notable as well that uh, Holger, throughout his uh, leadership, avoided friendlies whenever he could because he didn't like them. They interfered with his plans, he said. 
And what plans? Exactly. And it was squandered opportunities yeah. after squandered opportunities. I hope uh, for our sake, for Angie's sake, he gets every opportunity, takes every opportunity to play as many friendlies between now and the World Cup as possible and really uh, just get a, a squad into shape. I actually would prefer camps early on yeah. in his, in his, yeah. in his yeah. shall we say, his reign up till uh, the World Cup. And it's, it's, there's, there's a lovely symmetry about Brazil as well because he was there 14 years ago uh, or 13 years ago uh, at the World Club Championships coaching South Melbourne in Rio. So he goes back as the national team coach, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, I like Franich as a, a right-sided defender. Um, I like Milligan. I, like, I still would use Bresch in some um, some form just in front of Milligan, Rogic, or uh, Cruz, um, uh, Lecky, and potentially even Tommy Urich. Potentially, we don't know. He yep. could have a good yep. season. So there's uh, look. I'm excited about what's going to happen in the future, and there could be a few players who who will get an unexpected call up. Definitely. Uh, potentially, I think Mitch Nichols could be one of those. There could be some others as well. Um, David Williams is a potential as well. He's still quite young. Yep. So I'm just very excited. But look, that's the Socceroos. The big presser is coming up uh, very soon. Uh, Kev, uh, anything else that you yeah, want to talk well, about? There was also um, William Gallus, uh, which just as we were coming into the podcast, uh, was reported to have been confirmed as having signed for Glory. So Yeah, we'll... I can confirm that uh, from uh, some communication I've had. Oh, really? They're, that, pre- well, there they're preparing a shirt for him, so... Uh, whether or not he gets over the line is another thing but that's a great signing for, for Perth given the injury to, uh, to to Michael Thwaite the loss of Lubo yep uh, Lubo turning up at uh, the match on uh, the weekend as well was good Milicevic entertainment uh, but no I think Gallus uh, you know he's getting on he's got a few injury issues in the past but I some th- other issues as well I think he's, yeah he's, he's... but I still think uh, it's probably a good signing for uh, Glory Great experience to call on. Um, I hope he can cope with the travel from Perth to all the matches. I wonder if they've told him about the travel. Yeah, yeah. Because it's an eight-hour round trip to most games. Yep. Uh, even if they do the odd doubled game, which is a Friday, Sunday, whatever. Unless, of course, he's got the standard Lazaridis deal. Doesn't play away games. Yeah, look, um, I think at 36, and, and I'm not sure what deal he'll be on. Would it be a marquee deal, Kev? Well, um, Shane Smeltz is... Schmelzy? Is a marquee. a marquee, but whether he counts as an Australian or a foreign marquee, he's, he's got Australian well, citizenship. So I suppose wasn't he born he, in Australia? Was he was, Australia? yeah. So I think he can count as an Australian yeah. citizen, uh, Australian marquee. It's interesting that we've got uh, two, play, two big signings as defenders in this season. I think that feeds into what we were talking about earlier, about it being a more pragmatic season. Yeah. Contreras in Melbourne and now Gallas there, and some other more defensive-minded players coming into the league. Q Jalians at Newcastle is another example. It depends. I mean, it really depends what you're trying to achieve though I mean Sydney needed a marquee that was going to put bums on seats because that's what they've been lacking uh, throughout the history and ADP is for that you need somebody who's going to be scoring goals winning games for you and ADP is perfect for that Uh, a marquee defender no matter what the rest of the side was like wouldn't work in Sydney unless you had an absolute astonishing uh, Australian born goal scorer up front uh, and you just needed to fill that gap, which is what uh, Victory have done and mm. what uh, Glory looked like the day. Mm. Um, so, yes, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out with Path Glory. But again, like I say, I said before, Path Glory I can only see getting better. Uh, I don't see them getting worse. So I think it's going to be an exciting season for them. If you're a Perth Glory fan listening to this podcast, get to the game, make some noise and make NIB Stadium a fortress. A fortress. Because as, as it you, used to be a fortress, yes. and it hasn't been a fortress for a long time. And you and I, were both very fond of Perth Glory and that club in general yeah. in the city. So make it a fortress, you guys. Yes. Yep. We'll be back very soon with uh, a preview of the A-Leagues, round three. Final part of today's four for two podcast. We're going to have a look at this weekend's games. Fascinating games because it's the final game uh, as victory coach 
uh, on Friday night for Ange Postacoglu hosting Brisbane Raw. I cannot wait for this game, Kev. Um, if we thought Adelaide and victory was good, I think this might be even better. They're talking about a very big crowd again, uh, and potentially this could be a 100,000 aggregate uh, round. Yeah, I think uh, it could definitely be a sellout. You know, uh, there's so many fans, I'm sure, want to say their farewell to, to Ange. Uh, I mean, it, it's interesting, actually, that he is so fondly cons- uh, thought of with victory. Because, you know, they didn't really actually win anything no, with him. They haven't uh, won anything under no. him. No. Uh, they won hearts. They won hearts, definitely. And, you know, they, they, he's, he turned them around from the Medjolton mm. uh, jacket. You call it a mess? Yeah, I think it's a mammoth I think it's probably carnage, actually, yeah. carnage. We would go that far. I actually tweeted Jim to ask him if he follows Victory, and he said, no, to be honest, I don't. So, <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I mean, he could have said, yeah, yeah, I'm sure everything's going fine, but no, he was, uh, yeah. Just moved on. Yeah, he's Let definitely moved on. Yeah, um, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm sure more Brisbane fans that were uh, will be making the trip than was originally intending to, perhaps, to see him off as well. Because yeah. the Brisbane fans, I think, still think fondly of him and uh, still love him a lot as well. Cause... And a Friday night at Eddie had at this sort of game with the two sides in such great form. Yeah. Um, I know Victory haven't actually won the season. They've only two rounds in, but uh, gee, it's just it's and what a game for SBS too as well. Yeah. Um, it's just going to be fabulous. Yeah. Uh, I can't pick this one. I don't know how it'll go. Um, let's hope. Stebray Delovsky Stebray Strebray Strebray sorry Strebray Delovsky has a good Strepsil game Strepsil Delovsky he always generally does in the big I games I love Strebray he's my Strebray he's my favourite referee ever yeah uh, he really is a bad game he's not not uh, not perfect but he his bad game average is a lot lower than everybody else's yeah if only he could do every game I know I would, li- I would like an army of strawberries we need a yeah, clone kind of clone army of strawberries Friday night though what a fantastic way to start this weekend um, Kev how do you see this game going um, victory at home they'll have some of the players rested who came in Barbarusis will be rested and ready to go um, no contrast though no Borussia either. Yes, so that's going to be interesting. Which is a huge, huge loss for them. But, you know, um, having said that, it's good for my fantasy football team because he's not in there. Uh, but I do think Melbourne may struggle for uh, goals as a result. You know, the, the, Matt Smith's found the net twice though, mm. last weekend. So, you know, they, they have got other avenues for goals. But uh, I suspect victory aren't going to be as quite... Uh, as easy to score against as Sydney were. Um, what an opportunity for Ivan Franich. He knows that the, the national coach is watching him on the sideline. Absolutely. What yeah. a great opportunity for him and other players to have a storming game because yeah. they know that the next soccer boss is well, basically watching them. You know, I think that's true for every A-League game from now to the end of the season because uh, if anybody's going to give uh, them a shot, mm. it's going to be Ange. So everybody in the A-League has everything to play for unless you're foreign. Uh... I think it's, uh, but having said that, I my money will be in a draw because most of the games this season I think are going to end up a draw, the way things are going at the moment. And I, I think I think you're right. I think it might be a two-two draw. Yeah. Uh, which which uh, would be a third draw for victory, but uh, would keep Brisbane's unbeaten run going. So yeah. uh, potential grand final this. Um, Kev, let's just move on. Saturday, Central Coast. It's quite a huge weekend, really, it isn't is. it? It is. This Fantastic. is massive. Because, I mean, this is another battle for first place. Yeah. This, this could be, you know, the season decider already. I think that we should say that I reckon this is the best A-League season ever. And we said that about last season. I reckon truly it is. Because it's actually, it's not about crazy teams going forward and scoring lots of guys. It's actually about uh, quality on the pitch. I agree. At the front end and back end as well. I agree, but my only concern is it's so tight and the teams are, generally speaking, so good. It's going to be quite an intense chess battle in many, many games. As I said, it, it's going to be a more pragmatic season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Less, uh, of the, less of the sort of going forward and the, the looser defence. It'll be more about quality, real, genuine, European quality. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I think that's probably a good fundamental philosoph- philosophical debate that we could have about that. 
but what is the higher entertainment value? A good tactical battle or end-to-end, hell for leather, EPL style yeah. versus La Liga or uh, Serie A? Yeah. Uh, true, very true. Um, speaking of which, we've got um, Saturday's game starting with Central Coast yep. hosting Adelaide United, which will be a, a very, very interesting game. Flores playing against his former teammates. Yep. Um, Arnie, a, a week after not getting the national job, will be out to impress, of course. Uh, Central Coast ticking along beautifully Adelaide as we know um, uh, really in a good spot at the moment do they get their suspended players back I'm not quite sure I'm uh, uh, not sure whether it was one or two, two weeks games. two games so yeah look they'll be losing two but um, oh no wait a minute no it was one game because they never got a red card Did yes they? It's two, two, yellows. two yellows. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they'll have a few guys in the back. Um, hard to pick this one, uh, Kev. But uh, do you understand? <laughs> Another draw. Yeah. Good. Uh, no, it's. I mean, it's. It's. That's going to be again quality, quality game. Uh, I'm really looking forward to exciting, fabulous football. Mm. Uh, loving Gombo, is uh, fantastic. Reminds me of uh, Duke Nukem. Uh, Who? Duke Nukem. Duke Video game Nukem. character. Yep. Duke Nukem. Yep. Google him. Okay. And Duke Nukem. Tell me you don't recognise him immediately. Okay. Uh, I also look like Stuart Munro, but uh, there you go. No, 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 no. Um, moved, on, uh, moved on from that. The bearded mariner who works in the 442 offices has tipped a 10,000 crowd for this game. I hope that they get it. Um, and if they do, it's, it, it's, it potentially is 100,000 aggregate again for this round because on Saturday night uh, straight after the, the Mariners host Adelaide is the Sydney Derby which looks to be to be almost like a sellout well I think there was a thousand tickets left yesterday and I suspect that probably will be sold out by the time Friday comes round that's Sounds a public seller but not, not the members of course yeah which is the reason why you see empty seats is because yeah. of members not turning up yeah which is always very disappointing but Kev um what can you say? Are you going to the game? Are you going to going to this game? Uh, it's interesting, actually. Which end are you going to be at? Sorry, are you going to be at the sky blue end or the red and black end? I'll be in the halfway line. Okay, just so you'll have a sky blue sitting on the fence, getting scalps up my arse. So you'll have a sky blue fan on on fan on your right, and then a red and black fan on your on your left. Possibly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, who do you bling for? Who do you sing for? It's going to be one of those nights, <laughs> isn't it? Um, I think Sydney are going to actually have a reaction to last week's. 4-0 right. I think they're going to do a lot better than people expect. You reckon? Yeah, I think there's going to be a reaction there. However, I think without ADP, without ADP, I don't think there's enough quality in that side. But I think there will be a reaction, and I think you'll see it. Yeah. And I think you'll see a bit of biff as well. I think it'll be the opposite, to be honest. I think Tell uh, me why. Wanderers will be wanting to make that breakthrough that they've failed to make so far this season. And we'll see Sydney as the ideal opportunity. Uh, and uh, we'll be trying to run over Sydney. Uh, unless they change the game plan, I think Popovich will probably pretty easily identify the weaknesses, which are of course press press them high, yep. make sure that they keep them running. Yeah, they they're not being able to, because early on in in the Brisbane game for Sydney, they were playing out from the defence fairly easily. Nicky Carl was dropping deep and picking the ball up and and playing through. They didn't seem to have a lot of problems, and Brisbane did press them pretty high and pretty well. Yeah. So that's a similar game plan that we're going to see on, on Saturday night at uh, Allianz. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I think that's... But again, uh, I don't think this is going to be a draw. I think this one will be Wanderers. Uh, and I think it might even be 3-1. Okay. I think Wanderers will win this one, but I don't think it'll be as close, uh, as, uh, as easy as that, sorry. Um, I think it'll be 2-1 to the Wanderers. Um, and I think Hersey will play a key role in this game. And I think Tommy Durich will get a brace at least. There you go. Well, we know we've met Tommy. We know his. Uh... You know, you you wouldn't even tell me. <laughs> we had a chat to Tommy in the preseason. He's given me just just me his goal uh, ambitions for the season. So we we know how you're going, Tommy, and we we believe you'll make it. The the round ends on Sunday with uh, the Phoenix hosting Newcastle Jets in Napier. Um, I think it's at McLean Park, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and that uh, is followed by Perth Glory in their first home game of the season against Hart. Uh, how do you pick uh, Phoenix versus Jets? Perhaps on paper, not the most attractive fixture of the round? Uh, well, actually, no, I, don't, I, I would disagree with that. I, I think Jets certainly aren't the most attractive uh, team to be playing up against, but I think they're becoming the new Phoenix in that sense. I think if you see a drop in... Uh, attendance figures I'm willing to bet that it will be in the games against Newcastle Jets rather than uh, against the Phoenix as it used to be 
this season for other clubs. Um, Phoenix, the new entertainers. I, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but I, I think you're going to be guaranteed a solid game from Phoenix, uh, whoever they come up against this season. Mm. And uh, I guess the, I guess the motivation is to not end on the bottom again. Yeah. So yeah. anything above that is really a bonus. But I, I can see them definitely being contenders for uh, the final spot this year. Uh, I mean, to be honest. Jets are the only ones that I don't see having much chance at all of making it into the finals as things stand. Hello to everyone listening from Newcastle. We'll be up there soon. Sorry, Newcastle, but I think you probably agree with me, to be honest. Uh, uh, I think Sydney, as the things stand at the moment, are also going to struggle mm. uh, to make it into the finals. And the rest, like I said before, you know, it's going to be so tight. Uh, so I think Phoenix will be making their breakthrough this weekend. Uh, I agree. I agree. And I think if Eiffel starts, he may start. We don't know. Um, I think he's going to have one of those great seasons again. <laughs> what we, we've been expecting for a while. He's been a little bit... Of, uh, last season was a little bit disappointing from his um, lofty standards. But, uh, yeah, very good. I think they'll win. Yeah, I two think nil. so too. I think 2-0 is a fair, fair call. I'd agree with that. And then on, on the other side of the landscape of the A-League, way, way over there, on the other side where Perth is, um, we finished the round with uh, the Glory Boys hosting Melbourne Heart. Um, hard to pick this one, but I just think that if there's a big crowd there and then get behind the boys, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think Perth can, can take this one. I think they've got enough. Um, yeah, I think you know, two weeks away from home, I think they'll be really up for this game. Hart, I'm not sure about playing away yet. We still don't know. We know how bad they were last last season away from home, so it's going to be very difficult to, to tell where they're at at this point. Yeah. Hard to predict this one, though. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think... I'd like to think that Gloria are going to step up this week uh, and show us uh, the kind of um, performance they put in against Sydney in pre-season. Uh, which was very impressive. Uh, I think uh, Sydney, the striker or attacker, Sydney is ready to uh, make his mark uh, on the, the A-League and they've got a good wealth of talent behind them. Uh, they're obviously hanging out for Shane Smeltz to come back from injury uh, and you know I think once he does, mm. they'll definitely be making an impression and they'll mm. definitely be challenging. And with Gallus as well, potentially yes. being unveiled on yeah. the weekend and playing for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that's that those two will make a huge difference to, to the glory we see. But I think there is talent there that needs that nurtured properly can make uh, make it in the A League as it stands without the, you know the the two star names being there. So if they can make that breakthrough this weekend, I fancy them. Um, but having said that, it goes back to what I said the the review stage. Uh, heart are proving remarkably resilient very difficult to break down Nobody's this, this, easy this, is a, this is a real test this is the litmus test in terms of away games it is and they yeah. did play in Perth in pre-season I think uh, while we were down there they organised the game in Perth so they, they know what, it's, what it takes to play over there they played there obviously a few times in the league this is a test for them to see yeah. how they go on the road to be honest though I still think this is going to be another draw and I think, like I keep saying, this is going to be the season of the draw. I think that statistically, when mm. we get to the end of the season, we're going to find many, many more draws than we've ever had mm. in the league before. Glory without Josh Risden, unfortunately injured against Newcastle last week. A great young player. Yep. Um, but players like Brandon O'Neill can come in. Of course, De Silva's there as well. So um, very exciting times. Kev, um, that's pretty much it. Um, just to remind everyone that uh, SBS... Uh, 2 and HD have live A-League free to air on Friday night with the Brisbane Raw Melbourne Victory uh, game and go to our website au.442.com for all the news and views Uh, and also information on the new 442 magazine which uh, is out now with Jose Mourinho on the cover and uh, Shinji Ono yeah and also just another reminder get into the Stat Zone app it is fantastic if you're not near a TV, it's great for keeping up with what's happening on, on the field. If you are near a TV, it's even better because it just gives you another insight into the, the, the action that's happening in front of you. And you can really see what, uh, underneath the skin of the, the game itself and see what's actually happening, what's, what's making it tick. Can't recommend it enough. Check it out on iTunes, uh, Stats on App. It's the one to go for. But that's pretty much us, I think. Thanks, Kev. We'll see you.